If you're tired of the superficial and you're craving real conversation about life, relationships, fears, doubts, and the divine in the middle of it, this is the place for you. My name is Anna Dimmel, and I'm a blogger, writer, and former pastor. And it's my passion to build bridges, not walls, through honest, real conversation and connection. And I want that for you. This is the show that will help you do that and give you not only inspiration and connection, but will help you leave the superficial for good and form the real connections you're craving. Your story matters, and I'm so glad you're here. Welcome. Hello there. Welcome to the second season of the Behind the Mirror podcast. My name is Anna. I'm so happy you are here with us today in this precious, precious space. Today we're talking all about the spiritualness behind trauma bonding, the spiritual connections we make when we trauma bond, how to guard that space, how to create healthy bonds, and how to undo the unhealthy ones. I'm so excited to be on this journey with you, and I cannot wait to dig into this topic. But before I do, I have to thank Alice Ranker. She is a Patreon and a supporter of this show. And Alice, I'm so thankful for your support every month and your gift to this community and your gift to this work. You are such a blessing. To any of you interested in supporting this work, you can learn more by going to my website, annadimmel.com and clicking on the link Patreon. I love you all so much. Welcome to this space, and let's get into this episode. Here we go. Hello, my beloveds. We are back with our second episode of the season. And this is an interesting space for me because I have found that although so much trauma was exposed in the past few years of my life, from emotional trauma to abusive trauma to spiritual trauma, that the length of healing ends up being much longer than we want it to or think it should be. But now as I'm climbing out on the other side where I've drawn lines in the sand and I've removed myself from relationships that are traumatic and from situations that triggered trauma and have set myself in an environment of peace, this is where the healing work begins. And for many of you, this is where you are. You have, you've left communities. You have left partners. You have left family ties. You have left friendships, relationships. You have stepped out bravely into a wilderness of wandering, a wandering that has brought many of you peace and many of you healing, but also many of you pain. Because when you step away from the noise, from the chaos, and the dust settles, that's usually when the painful stuff starts to rattle. That's what a lot of the last few years have been for me, is a lot of rattling. And I know from many of your journeys, you rattled through theology, you rattled through your childhood, you rattled through divorce, you rattled through death, you've rattled through trauma. And that work is such sacred work. 
That work is hard. That work requires courage. It requires bravery. And you guys have braved so many things. I want to spend some time talking about trauma bonding. And and I have to give a quick disclaimer because I am not a psychologist. I am coming at this from a spiritual perspective. The trauma that we encounter in life, no matter if it's in childhood or adulthood, the trauma that happens, we tend to create bonds around that trauma. Those bonds happen when you share that story with others. Those bonds happen when you experience that trauma with others. Those bonds happen when you even so much as feel that trauma with another person. Those bonds happen. Some of the things that I have noticed about trauma and bonding when it comes to a spiritual aspect is that trauma usually scars us in a spiritual way. If you have been traumatized in any shape or form, no matter what encompassed that experience, it usually touches the spiritual side of you. It touches a sacred part of you and it scars it. And so when we begin to open up those parts of our story, those parts of our history, those parts of pain, we naturally create bonds with those that we share or experience it with. These bonds, they can be healthy or they can be unhealthy. And that's what I want to dissect today because I think For me, at least, this has been a huge learning curve and yet such a eye-opening, powerful thing for me that really has pushed me over that healing bar. We so want healing from trauma. We want peace from the chaos and pain from our past. That's a given. And so many of us find ourselves a little bit stuck in the healing process when it comes to trauma bonds. And That is why I found this subject so fascinating and so worthy of talking about here today. When you have shared moments of trauma with a friend or with a therapist, even though you may not be aware of it, just that moment of exchange, the words coming out of your mouth, the stories being retold, a bond forms. It forms inside you in that place of trauma. Spiritually, a connection happens because trauma is connected to the spiritual side of us. That's why I think that even when we move past things, our spirit sticks with us and our spirit holds so much weight and so many stories. And so when you bond with someone through a sharing of your trauma, the spiritual side of you connects. It's like a spirit to spirit moment. You know, scripture talks about how intimacy through through sexual encounters bonds souls, bonds spirit. Those and then if you if you grew up in the purity culture, there was all this spiritual tie jargon that, you know, so many of us got um bombarded with. And we're not going to touch that. That's a whole nother subject. But what I'm saying is there is a spiritual act of intimacy, but not just physically. Physically, yes, intimacy happens when spirits connect and that's a beautiful thing. But spiritual intimacy also happens emotionally. It also happens mentally. And so when we're talking now about you sharing your trauma with someone, there's a spiritual bond, a spiritual intimacy that happens. One thing I have found in my early years of trauma, and and you know, we all have 
many moments of trauma that we experience throughout our lives. And when I look back at the earlier experience of trauma for me, I was definitely one who suffered from not knowing my boundaries. And that is a symptom of trauma where I would overshare. I would quickly bond with someone. I had this this symptom of desperation to be heard, this desperation to be validated, this desperate place in me, of course, that wanted healing. But I went about it in a weird roundabout way because I didn't know any better. And so when I was experiencing younger trauma, I I tended to do the oversharing thing. And I found so much comfort in that. People who would validate my story back to me, people who would meet me in that place and empathize, there was so much healing there. And I think this is this touches why therapy is so powerful. When you are with a good, safe therapist, that part of validating pain is huge. It's huge. I also equally found that those who I shared my story with that did not validate the pain or the experience... Trauma bonding happened too, but it was not positive. It was detrimental and negative. And here's the thing. Trauma bonds, when they happen, whether positive or negative, they stick with you. And so if if I had this experience with a therapist way back early in my 20s, and the therapist was so good for me and validating and intentional with her words and empathetic, that bond was positive. And I've carried the positivity of that bond with me even still. I still remember my therapist back then. There were friends equally that I shared my trauma experience with, and they met me in that space. They comforted me in that space. They validated me. They saw me. Those bonds stuck. And even though distance and moves and changes of life have happened between then and now, those bonds are cemented on both sides, those are deep bonds. Equally, those who I opened that trauma with, who I shared those experiences with and was vulnerable to, when those moments were not validated, but rather were dismissed, were rejected, were unseen, those moments stuck too. And so you get left with, over time, trauma bond after trauma bond after trauma bond, and you end up with a lot of bonds. And we tend to, as humans, we tend to love things that are familiar. And you can see this through abusive cycles. You can see this through patterns of those who tend to gravitate towards similar people. We like things that feel familiar. And the same is true with these trauma-spiritual bonds. So Whether intimacy spiritually happened through your traumatic bonding, verbally, physically, however it happened, those bonds are probably still affecting you today. I'm learning now as I am not my my young 20-something self who was oversharing all the time and constantly like a junkie wanting someone to validate my pain. I'm now in this space where I am learning to be an observer of myself. When I am triggered, when I am feeling trauma start to rattle on the inside, and it, and it can be something small. And I know that a lot of you 
are like nodding in agreement with me here because it's funny the things that will trigger trauma memories or even trauma experiences. It could be somebody even sharing something with you that they went through and you're like, oh my gosh, yes, I went through the same thing. Those moments now, as they rattle in me now, I find myself really pulled. And I know this is spirit continuing to walk me through the healing process. I feel pulled to remove myself a bit from the conversation and observe. And I do this by observing how am I feeling in this moment when this trauma memory or this trauma trigger is being pulled? How am I responding? Am I feeling panic? Am I feeling anxiety? Am I feeling fear? Am I feeling desperation for validation? All of those things, instead of reacting to them, I am learning and this is this is taking some practice. I'm learning to be mindful of my responses, to be a watcher of my thoughts, to be a watcher of my emotions. In doing this, I'm noticing that I gravitate towards old trauma responses, old trauma bonding responses, where I feel this desperate need to be validated again. I feel this desperate need to be heard again. And as an observer of this, sometimes I catch it in the moment, sometimes I don't. But I'm noticing that, boy, who you let into that space is so sacred. I think when you grow up in a religious culture like the one I did, and like I'm sure many of you did, where sharing was not something sacred, where spilling out all of your sins at the altar was something that everyone was expected to do, where sitting in a small group setting, you were expected to bear your soul and your shameful thoughts and your shameful things in front of a bunch of other people. And it was all called safe because it was under the umbrella of Christianity. However, those experiences were often not safe. Some of them were. And for those of you who had positive experiences there, I am not discrediting that at all. I had kind of a mixed bag of both. Some were very, very safe and some were very not. But my point is when you go through an upbringing or a a lifestyle of sorts where that is all you know, is an expectation to share, an expectation to expose, an expectation to, in essence, be trauma bonding all the time, it can be kind of hard to undo that pattern. And as I've removed myself from communities like that, I'm having to relearn how to guard and protect and honor and heal my trauma. Trauma bonding is not something that should be viewed lightly. And the traumatic pain that your heart may be triggered to feel at times, it's not something to be shared with everyone. In fact, it can be really damaging to share it with everyone. And so part of this relearning and reprogramming of my brain when trauma is triggered is to be mindful of when I start to rehearse and replay traumatic bonding actions. And the first one I go to, and I've mentioned it a lot already, is this need for validation. So many of us, and I know we've talked about this on the show, we want our pain to be validated. Fair, 
completely fair and you have every right for what happened to you to be empathized with and validated. But the problem we run into is when we look to the wrong sources for that validation. First and foremost, the people who caused that trauma, 99.9% of the time will not be the ones to validate that trauma. Also, the people who are on the team or on the side of or are in community with the person that caused your trauma, 99.9% of the time, they will not validate your trauma. And yet, we feel this insatiable need to go to those people and find our closure. Closure. Oh boy, I said the word. Closure is such a devil's playground. I tell you, when we find ourselves hungry for closure, boy, things can get messy, can't they? I think it was Glennon Doyle that said, don't go back to a toxic relationship looking for what you call closure. Closure is not an open conversation. Closure means it's closed. You're done. And of course, I'm not quoting it perfectly, but something to that effect. And yes, and amen, Glennon Doyle, nail it again. She's so good with words. It's Closure is that thing that, oh, when you step into closure territory, you are just asking to be triggered. You are almost asking for trauma bonds to form that again, are not the kind that are going to heal you, but actually kinds that will scar and that will stick. I've learned recently that who I share my story with, because I've been pretty quiet the last few years as far as one-on-one conversations with people, especially people from my former, former circles, I've been very cautious and very careful as to who I've shared my stories of trauma with. And I have been made aware recently that that is a practice to uphold. That is a practice to continue with me. Not that at all sharing my story is something that I shouldn't do because it's a valid story. It needs to be shared. It needs to be held carefully, though. It needs to be held with protection. There's a practice um, and this goes back to pagan times and probably even still where they would form a sacred circle around an object or around a person. And the belief was that only positive energy and love could be inside the circle and all negative energy would be out. Well, if you look at that from a spiritual perspective, essentially that's what we're called to do with our spirits. That is what we are called to do with our spirits in all of its places where it's connected to good and healing, we have to put that sacred circle around it. And equally where it's connected to trauma and pain, we equally have to put a sacred circle around it. Who you allow in your circle is up to you. This is the beauty of being out in the wilderness. This is the beauty of being out of a controlling environment or a religious space that likes to dictate how you handle your emotions. You don't have to let anybody Hold any part of your trauma or your story if you don't want to. But the trauma bonds you formed behind you are still there. And we have to be mindful of when we start to slip back into trauma bonding behavior. I have a very small circle of people I trust with current trauma that I go through, um, as well as recent trauma that I've been through. It's a, I mean, under five people team there. It is a very, very small circle. And I have been very private 
about some of those experiences because I have learned the hard way of the oversharing, trying to be validated thing. I've learned the hard way. I've also been reminded recently of what happens when you share trauma in an unsafe space and when you share trauma with someone who you are looking for validation from and it's not the right place for you to be looking for validation. It's actually probably the worst place to look for validation. So what do you do when you are confronted with that need, that need that burns inside of you that wants to be heard and wants to be validated, and you feel like the people that did the injustice need to hear the truth. They need to hear your story. They need to hear what happened. They need to see the light, right? What do you do? This is the practice I have begun taking, becoming an observer of my thoughts. And what that looks like is when I feel the need to share those traumatic pieces of my story, I begin asking myself, why do I feel like I want to share this? Am I looking for validation? Am I looking for empathy? And if so, is this the correct place to be looking for that? Am I risking further traumatizing myself? by sharing that sacred space, opening that sacred circle to this person. Another part of observing myself and observing my my thoughts and becoming a watcher of my thoughts in these moments is, how do I feel in this moment? Our, our bodies and our emotions, gosh, they tell us all the things. They, I mean, they speak and they speak and they keep speaking until we listen. And I have noticed in those moments when I'm feeling that need to share, I either feel one of two things. I feel safe and connected already, and so it feels natural to share. When I observe that, I feel like, okay, this could this could be a good candidate to open my sacred circle with. Or I feel panic, I feel anxiety, and I feel fear. And it's not fear like I'm afraid of them. It is fear that I will not be heard. And so this fight or flight thing comes into me where I feel panicked, I feel anxiety, and I feel this fear come over me where I'm afraid they're not going to hear me, I'm afraid they're not going to listen, and so I'm just either going to fight and plow my way through and tell the story and hope that they listen and keep talking until they listen, or my flight kicks in and I am like, and power down. I'm going to go take a stress nap and I'm just going to like curl and hide under a blanket and not talk to anybody for the next 24 hours. So being an observer of your thoughts, being an observer of your body, those are your two best friends when it comes to protecting that spiritual place inside of you that include trauma bonds. I believe so much in the power of connection, in the power of community, in the power of unity between souls, between stories, between shared experiences. This is how we heal. We need each other. So don't misunderstand me in saying that you need to live on an island in a sacred circle all by yourself. That's not how we're made. We are made for connection. We are made for community. And I often find we struggle to heal from trauma without people. But for a lot of us, we have formed unhealthy bonds around our trauma. And so 
being brave in this next chapter of your life, in this next season, will call you to notice familiar patterns in your trauma bonding and to create new ones. My hope and my goal for you and myself is that as we venture into this new chapter of health and growth and peace and clarity and spiritual awareness, that we will form bonds that are healthy, that are good, that are fruitful, that don't cause more damage, that don't cause more trauma, that don't cause more pain and anxiety. You are worthy of being validated. You are worthy of being seen. You are worthy of your pain and your trauma being heard and held. You're worthy of that. But only you can decide who you let into that sacred space with you. Draw your circle and decide to guard it, to hold it safe, to honor it, and only to allow those in who are worthy of being there. Go in peace. Hey there, I hope you enjoyed the conversation today. You can find my blog and links to my Instagram and Facebook account on my website at justajesusfollower.com. I hope you join us next week for another raw, honest conversation. In the meantime, go in peace and know that you are enough.